Is this okay to use, Oscar? Okay, can I take this off? Because we do it every week. Ah, there it is. Oh, it didn't pop this time. Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. This is a very surreal opportunity for me. Because the truth of the matter is, I didn't know if I'd ever be able to preach again. But I'm thankful I got to. I get to. I want to thank our church family for showing love and support. Many of your kids and you guys have come up to me to tell me that you prayed for me. And if I can be in some way a picture of God's grace, a picture of God's ability to perform miracles, so be it. I'll do it. Thank God for that. And I want to say thank you to my family. Uh, they're not all here. I know the Pinedas are in uh, New Mexico. And, uh, but I want to thank God for my family. They rotated to stay with me in the hospital, and our hospital wasn't right here. It was all the way in, I don't know where it was at. I, I, I was sleeping on their drive there. Yeah. But it was far. But they rotated to be with me. And I thank God for a great family. Yeah. And then I know my wife told me not to tell, talk about her, but you know husbands were good at rebelling against our wives, amen? Yeah. I thank God for a good wife. Yeah. And let me tell you, young people, listen. Please listen. If there's something I can say, my kids listen too. Because I want a good massage tonight, all right, honey? <laughs> Make sure you listen, too. Let me tell you something. I have a good wife. And I always heard sermons about marrying right and make sure you do right so God will give you the right spouse. Make sure you're not impatient. All, all these wonderful sermons. But they, I see the reality of it. I see the blessing of it. Because I married right. God's good. And my kids are are great too because of my wife, not because of me. But thank God, good, good kids. They, you know, they're a little ugly because of me, but you know, they're they're good kids. They help me get dressed every now and then, and that's a little embarrassing. But God's good through them. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach. When I woke up from my hibernation, you like that, Audrey? When I woke up from my hibernation, my voice was not very good. I mean, I don't think. It's good now. Some people try to encourage me. Your voice is great. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> I have ears too, and they're rather big too. Okay, I could hear myself. But my kids, or not my kids, my wife, she mentioned, your voice is really raspy when they took the trach out. And I tried to sing a song because I had a song in my heart. It was in my mouth, though. And I could not, Brother Grande is why I'm not up in the choir. I couldn't sing a note for nothing. And by the way, it's a little better now, but I still can't sing a note for nothing. But thank God I can still preach. Come on, well, this will be my first sermon. I've been teaching in Sunday school since the beginning of the year. Thank God for that. Yeah. But, you know, there's an urgency to live for Jesus Christ. Yeah. There really is. We can't sit back. I came home from the hospital. I forget the date, honey. Uh, around the beginning of October. Came to church right away. Um, Came to work in November. I took a, a month off. So pray for me. I'm a little backslidden. But physically, I needed a lot of therapy. I, I came in a wheelchair, I believe. But God, but by God's grace, I don't need a wheelchair now. God is good. God is very good. He's given me an opportunity to raise my family, to lead in the church. Thank God for that. God is good. Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1 through 2. I can see the clock, Brother Oscar. I can't see very far, very clearly, but I can see those big old letters. I know what time we're supposed to finish. 
and we're not going to go beyond that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, let's stand together, please. Yep. Hebrews chapter 12, and be with me, pray with for me if I'm a little rusty. Okay, pray for me if I, if I say you may be dismissed right after I pray right now. Just stay in your spot. Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse number 1, and we'll read verse number 2 as well. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which those so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Amen. looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, thank God it was a joy that was set before Jesus yeah. when he died for me, endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't let the shame keep him from going to the cross. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we need you right now. The truth of the matter is, I don't want to be a distraction. You know my heart. I don't want to get anyone's eyes off of what you want to do. And this was true before the accident, and it's true now. I just want to meet with you. I want you to have your way. And Father, I want you to have liberty through me. And I want, I pray, that decisions will be made to draw closer to you. And if, if for some chance God's working, that we can leave here different than we came, closer to you, to God be the glory. Yeah, to God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. According to this passage, we see very clearly that we are in a race. And by the way, this Christian race is very spiritual in nature. It's very spiritual in nature. Some run the race ineffectively in the arm of the flesh. Yep. And some are good at that. And we have to be reminded that we can be good at that. And we've got to be cautious. Some run it with worldly pursuits and passions that blind them from the God's true purpose of their lives. And by the way, this is the first time I've struggled with my eyesight. So I, I feel for you guys to have glasses, okay? I feel for you guys, sort of. But I had to wear glasses for a little bit. I don't know. The doctor. What do doctors know? They know a lot. They saved my life. Thank God for that. Yeah. However, I had to wear glasses. You saw me wear it for a couple of services. I said, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm getting dated right now. I'm looking a lot older as I should be because I am 40 years old. But, you know, one of the things that blinds us from God's true purpose for our lives is the fact that we have worldly pursuits. We live for worldly things, and we got to be cautious about that. How are we running this, this evening? We must keep in mind that it's a marathon-type race. It's not a 100-yard dash. It's not how on fire we are for a moment of our lives. And by the way, some people are very good, and if I fall, don't laugh at me too hard, right? Some people are very good at being on fire for a small moment of their lives. Man, I'm on fire. We call it flash in the pan Christians. Man, look at them, man. They're on fire for God. And thank God for those that get on fire for a small season of their life. But we pray that within our own lives, we can have a longer duration of a fire for God. We've all heard of used to Christians. They used to go soul winning back then. They used to read their Bible before they got their new job. I mean, it's a prosperous job. I need to be able to spend more time and focus on what I got to do, right, to get that raise. No. They used to serve more faithfully. They used to. They used to. They used to. But those days have passed. And let me say this. 
If God has a work, it deserves to be done today by all of us. We shouldn't have this use of mentality. And to be honest with you and call it pride. I, I called it pride, more for a reaction from people. Brother Vaughn told me, willpower sounds more spiritual. Okay, willpower, pride. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I really struggled with not going to church when I was in the hospital. I really struggled. I fought really hard to get out of the hospital. And some people, and some that were very close to me, my family, amen, they're like, you need to stay in the hospital and get the therapy. And that's wonderful. They meant well. I knew I wasn't lazy. I knew I was going to do what I needed to do, exercise or do whatever it is I needed. But at the same time, you know what I missed? Serving God. I really did. And by the way, you probably would too if you had to be hospitalized and be stuck somewhere going to church on a live stream. Now, I was wondering, man, I missed out on church when I was in a coma. But my wife showed me some pictures. I did have live stream when I was in a coma. I, I don't remember the messages, honey, just so you know. But so I did go to church, apparently. Amen. But let me tell you something. It really, really frustrated me. Yeah. I wanted to go to church. Yeah, I wanted to greet the people that I knew were praying for me. Yeah. I wanted to be able to see God's action, yeah. see God's working within our church. And I missed that. I really did. And to be honest with you, when I came out, I was not prepared to teach class. My son's class, Brother Tim and Miss Cindy were doing a great job. But I even told Pastor, I said, man, I want to get back into class as soon as I can. And it was like, how about you just wait till you can walk first, right? How about that? And we did, and a little bit. And now I'm teaching again. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank you, Lord. By the way, God is looking for longevity, consistency, and durability in Christians today. He's looking for that, not flesh in the pan Christianity. The challenge is not only to finish, because I hear sermons all the time, finish the race. But you know what the reality is? Everybody finishes. Because when you die, you're done with your race. But really the challenge this evening is finish correctly. Finish correctly. First, let's take a look at the difficulties within our race. The difficulties within our race. We can all agree that life is sometimes filled with difficulties. And by the way, I am not... Ignorant to think that a crowd this size, there aren't difficulties that followed some of you to church. Some of you have just lost a loved one. Some of you, we're just praying for Brother Tondi. His dad just got in a major accident. Some of you maybe just found out you have some kind of illness that you can't shake with just Tylenol. Some of you are living with some pains, arthritis, whatever the case may be. Nobody knows about it, but you're living with that pain. And I'm sorry for you, but life can be difficult sometimes. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good, but it's for them that love God. That's right. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Yep. If we're living under God's authorities, we know all things work together for good because the Bible says so. But if we're living outside of God's plan, this promise is not for us. Yeah. And by the way, it's scary to live outside God's plan because... Whenever something happens to us, we don't know if God was the one that allowed it to happen because he wants to strengthen us or he wanted to punish us. That's a scary place to live. And if I were if I were us, if I were you, I would encourage all of us. Or if I were me, I would encourage all of us. Sorry, my words kind of skipped my mind a little bit here. The doctor said I had brain injury, but I refuse to think that. That's embarrassing, right? My wife said, I mean, you had brain injury before the accident. 
I disagree. <laughs> but if we're living outside of God's plans, this promise doesn't apply to us. The various sins and weights, as we see in verse number one, every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, we got to lay aside because those various weights and sins will boggle us down. Yeah. No runner, no runner will load weight onto themselves when they're running. Normally, typically, they try to lighten the load because they want to run more effectively. They don't, they don't want to be weighed down, but the Christian runners sometimes weigh themselves down. Yeah. We weigh ourselves down with the cares of this world. We weigh ourselves down with worldliness, worldly things, possessions. And in reality, God meant us to go forward without those weights. Yep. On this side of eternity, things can be difficult because we often struggle with sin. And by the way, struggling is good. Because you know what? When you don't struggle, it means you're giving in. And because we have flesh, we've got to struggle. Sometimes you got to struggle with your eyes, men, ladies too. Sometimes you got to struggle with your thoughts, make sure you're content. You got to struggle with your, 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 your schedule because you wanted to stay home sometimes, but you go to church because it's the right thing to do. First of all, there's open sin, which is self-explanatory. It's someone that's living in sin openly. Everybody knows. They don't care. They just... Maybe they're living in immorality or there's a clear rebellion across their face. The way that they live their lives is open sin. And then there's secret sin. This is just a little bit more deceitful because we think we're getting away with this. But in reality, God knows. And by the way, perhaps, and I hope not, but perhaps this is church. Perhaps there's somebody in here that everybody that's sh shaking your hand today, they just think, wow, what a good brother, what a good sister. What a godly brother, what a godly sister, but deep down inside, you know, maybe not even deep down inside, just inside, you know, there's something you're hanging on to. You know when you get in that car, you got some worldly music blasting that doesn't honor God. You know when you sit in front of YouTube at home or whatever it is, you got a movie, Netflix, or, and you know you've got some things pumping through your TV that are not godly, that does not honor God. And that lifestyle... It's catered by secret sin. And then there's besetting sin. Sins we're continually struggling with. Which is something that maybe we're, the conviction is, we're sorry for it. We're letting the Lord know, Lord, I don't want this to follow me. But for some reason, maybe we're not forsaking it correctly. First John 1, 9, confess and forsake. And as a result, it's following us. Yeah. Year after year, this besetting sin keeps on reoccurring. It wow. could be for the man or women, it could be immorality, it could be uh, 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 covetousness, it could be pride, it could be jealousy, it could be moral impurity, it could be materialism, it could be a number of things. It's just following us time and time again because we're not choosing to deal with it correctly. Next, materialism can be a weight that affects our race. Hebrews 13.5, the Bible tells us, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content. That's a Bible word, amen. amen. With such things as you have, be happy with what you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Somewhere down the line, we've got to be excited and consider God is enough of a possession for us. And by the way, thank God that God is in our lives and he is enough. The problem is when we look at God and the things that he's allowed us to acquire in our lives, 
and we think he's not enough. And this is where young people start chasing. This is where married people start chasing things that God never intended for them to chase because they want to keep the status quo. They want to keep up, I was going to say the Joneses, but we have Jones in here. The Chims, not that we have anything, okay? Someone said, oh, you have a newer car, but the car is 2019 Corolla, uh, what is it, uh, a Pilot. I said, yeah, just get in a coma, man. We'll get you one. Just get in a coma. You said, what would you rather have, the coma and the newer car or the, the older van, 2007, without the coma? Without the coma, amen. But whatever God wants to do, I'm okay with it. There's a silence there, amen. And your bro Dear brother, you're in this room. I know you are. God bless you. Often we struggle with materialism because of the influences that we allow in our lives. And by the way, we have to be careful who influences us. I'm very careful who influences my kids. Why? Because that's going to set their passions and set their direction. Oftentimes we see somebody that maybe has worldly pursuits and we allow them to influence us. And as a result, we're going down a wrong path. I'll tell you what, who's going to influence my children? People that love God. And I told... Uh, Brother Ben and Brother Daniel, they're in charge of the Walk With God Club for my son, CJ. I said, thank you. I think I told him today or yesterday. I forget. But I said, thank you for working with my kid. And by the way, those guys are doing good. And I'm thankful that they're taking the time to work with the kids. Spiritual things. Next, trials can be difficult, a difficulty that affects our race. By the way, we're very limited. We are, and I've learned that. And the, one of the things that drives me crazy is, I've not been the strongest guy, and the, I, can, I can't jump the highest. I can't run the fastest. I can't even run right now. My wife likes to laugh, laugh at me a little bit when I try to run. Okay, I can't do it. I, can just, I don't think I'm going to fall. But I feel very limited. The truth of the matter is it frustrates me. It did frustrate me. When I first got in the hospital, I couldn't even put my own jacket on. My hands could only go that far. I couldn't do anything. And by the way, she was... Um, ordered by the doctor. I'm laughing because it was embarrassing. She had to walk into the restroom. She had to go everywhere she goes. She had, a, there's some, something called a gate belt. They had attach it to me and hold on to me. I go, I'm not your animal. I'm your husband. <laughs> what is this? A gate belt. That's a dog belt. And by the way, there's times where I got up without her finding out. No one's going to put a gate belt on me. I see how you're trying to belittle me. No. But, you know, I thank God it wasn't over my neck, amen? But that was embarrassing, and that reminded me of how limited I am. Compared to God, we're very limited, all of us, accident or not. And by the way, there is no guarantee that others in this room have gone through the same trials that you've gone through. But the good news is, and it may be unique to us, this Accident is unique to us, but it may not be unique to somebody else in this room. Your marriage problems may be unique to you, but it may not be unique to the person sitting in the row next to you. And it's definitely not unique to God. God is familiar with it, though it's unfamiliar with us. And he can get us through it. Thank God for that. The Christian race is full of trials, but how we deal with them is of supreme importance. Some people get bitter at God. Some people get bitter at their circumstances. Oh, man, I can't believe I have to get walked to the restroom by my wife. Hopefully that's okay to say in church. I just did. 
oh, man, oh, I have to, how come I can't walk right now? How come my wife has to drive me aboard? By the way, I was one of the guys that would, you know, my wife's not driving me around. I'm going to drive around. Boy, did that change <laughs> during the accident. She was driving me around, and you better believe it, yes, I was a side seat dri- uh, backseat driver. I was a good one at that. It really irritated my wife at times. Honey, do you want to drive? Yeah, let me try. <laughs> no. Some take their eyes off of Christ during their trial. Trials are meant for us to keep our eyes on Christ. Matthew chapter 14, I believe it is. And this is in my notes, so if it's wrong, I forgive me. But Matthew 14, I believe the disciples were, were asked to go across in a ship across the Sea of Galilee while there were storms, I think this was after the feeding of the 5,000. After Jesus performed that miracle, the people wanted to crown him king, but Jesus said, not right now, now it's not my time. I need to go to a mountain to pray. And by the way, it's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. But when they got on the ship, the, 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 the wind was contrary, the waves were boisterous, and Peter said, Lord, and Jesus came up to Peter on, as a ghost, that it looked like a ghost to them, in, in, the, in the midst of the sea. And Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. And one thing that Peter did was he actually walked on water. Yep, yep. But he walked on water while he kept his eyes on Christ. Right. But the moment he started taking his eyes off of Christ and fixing it on the waves and the wind, what happened? He sunk. And by the way, that's true for all of us. Yep. The moment we take our eyes off of Christ, we start feeling sorry for ourselves. And by the way, I don't like to talk about what happened for different reasons? Number one, it's an emotional time for me and my family, but I, I'll think about God's goodness. Yeah. And, many, and I'm mentioning it because many of you have asked me, and I'm just like, okay, can I just get a T-shirt with what happened on my shirt so you guys don't have to ask me anymore? But I know you want to know because you, you've been praying for me. Right. And I appreciate that. But some take their eyes off of Christ. And number two, so number one, there's the difficulties of our race. Number two, there's the display of our race. You say, what is that? Our race is being observed. Our race is being observed, first of all, by our children and our spouse. You see, they see the things that are important to us. They know if the Bible is important to me or if I'm just preaching from it because it's my job. They know if I'm watching TV all the time when I get home. They know the things that are important to me. They know if my music is right. They know if, if I'm always going out as a married man when my wife and my kids are at home. They know about all that. I can't fake them out. I can't. And we must understand people are watching us. And we must also understand, I might mention it later, those kids right there, those four kids right there, five kids, sorry about that, and that wife right there, they have a judgment seat of Christ too. They have a race as well. They've got to run it correctly. Parents, we must set the priorities for our children. I encourage you, if your kids are able to read, why not encourage them to read the Bible? I mean, they're able to read. Why not encourage them to read the Bible? Next, we're also being observed by others. What is our life communicating to the people we serve or serve alongside? What is... The, what is our life communicating to the people that we serve or serving alongside? Do they know? Can they tell what's truly important to us? Or do they think, oh, he's just doing that because he's a teacher? I hope they could tell. Next, one of our greatest tools can be our life. 
our testimony could be a reason why people strive for God's perfect will. I hope and a lot of little kids, a lot of your kids, have come to me and said, Brother Charlie, Brother Charlie, and it, it brings some emotion to me. I was going to say a tear, but I haven't cried since the hospital. I don't know if something happened to my brain. I just can't cry. I've tried to spray, spray bottles, but <laughs> fake tears. But anyhow, um, a lot of the little kids have come to me, Brother Charlie, you're here. I've, I've been praying for you. And I like to tell a lot, a lot of the parents and the kids, thank you. Your prayer is the reason why Brother Chim is here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of them aren't very glad that I'm here because I'm leading the school now, amen? But it's okay. Their prayers is why I'm here. I want to be that motivation for someone striving to do God's will. But our testimony could also be a reason why people want nothing to do with God's will. Maybe we're hypocritical. Maybe there's something in our life where people are just like, wow, if that's God's will, why do I want to do what's right? To have that? And I hope not. I hope not. One of our greatest tools can be our family. Our family tremendously affects how we are propelled in our service for God or repelled. In other words, keep people from doing or keeps us from doing God's will. My wife and I, we have the same passions and desires. Thank God for that. Which is to help people and serve God. But if she did not have the same passions as me, it would be very hard for me to keep this position that I have. Yes. It would be very hard to be a principal, assistant pastor, and a son's school teacher, all those things. Because she would keep me from it, sadly. You know, the truth of the matter is I could preach on any given area where I stand and tell you, oh, this is where I stand. Or you can clearly just look at my family yep. and see where I stand. If I'm preaching on modesty, but then my wife is not dressed very modest, you kind of know where I stand. I'm not making a big deal about there. I'm making a big deal about here in my class, but I'm not making a big deal about there. If I'm talking about obedience, structure, or orderliness with my kids, but then my kids are rambunctious in their classes, you can kind of tell very clearly, not by what I say, but what you see. Well, it's not a very big deal to him. And by the way, it is a big deal to me. I just sit up, make sure to sit up straight, all right? I was talking about you, honey. I'm not getting that massage. There goes that massage. You're right. And then lastly, and I'm done, the determination of our race. The determination of our race. So first, we have the difficulties of our race, which are plentiful. And in the display of our race, people are viewing our lives. And that's why we should be that light and that salt, Right? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And by the way, I hope we can all say that of ourselves. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. One day we will finish our course. Our life will be over. It will be done. No more opportunity to add to the race. No more opportunity to lead another soul to Christ. No more, no more time to get in the Bible and get on our knees. We won't be able to have any more effort leading our kids for the Lord. They'll be, it'll be done. Yeah. Those of you with small children, you can kind of understand the burden I had while I was in the hospital when it was a little iffy. Because, man, I got small kids in Long Beach or Lakewood. God, I need to finish the job. Lord, please help me to finish the job. You gave them to me for a reason. 
but there will be a time when I will not have any more opportunity. Cherish the moment that you have now. Some observations to consider about the conclusion of our race, the determination of our race. Number one, God has always cared how things are done. By the way, God cares about how we're living the Christian life. Just ask Uzzah when he was transporting the Ark of the Covenant and it slipped. And he didn't mean wrong by it. He tried to stop it. But what happened to him? He got struck dead. But God made it very clear. No one touches the Ark of the Covenant. God cares how things are done. That's why we can't just live our life the way that we want to. We have to live it the way he wants to. That's why we preach on holy living instead of worldly living. It's a constant struggle. Think of that caterpillar in that cocoon. Because of our flesh and our influence. The reason why I struggle daily is because the spirit and the flesh are warring with each other. But how we live for our life does make a difference. It affects our testimony. This is what people see of us and think of us. And by the way, whether I like it or not, I have a testimony. I have, there is an opinion, sorry, that you think of me and my family when we come to church, the way we sit, the way my kids behave themselves, whether it's good or bad. I have a testimony. I have an example. And by the way, so do you. It affects what we do for Christ. Remember that God is the king of kings and he cares how we live. His word tells us this and he won't accept just any sacrifice. You say, how do you know that? He won't accept just any sacrifice. Ask Cain in the story of Cain and Abel. Cain offered a sacrifice, but it wasn't what God preferred. And as a result, see what happened? He rejected it. It matters how we strive for the Lord. And by the way, life ought to be about striving for God. We mentioned this race is much like a marathon, but I would also dare say it's much like a marathon relay, and that is a word. I looked it up before I typed it, okay? Marathon relay. When we're finished with our race, we will need to pass the baton to somebody. By the way, I'm 40 years old. I hope I live for a long time. Who knows? There may be a bit of complication. Maybe something with my brain, my heart. Who knows? I may pass off the scene very quickly. I don't know. But regardless if I am or not, I'm thankful for the new opportunity God gave me. Yeah. A lot of family meetings, amen, just in case. But I love my family, that's why. But I'm going to have to pass the baton to somebody. Someone's going to have to catch it. That's why it's important for us to raise our kids right. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot about second-generation Christians. You know why? Because there are some struggles that second-generation Christians have. Yeah. It's not to shame them. I mean, I'm a first-generation Christian, but my kids are second-generation Christians, so I'm a part of this. And those struggles that I hear about second-generation Christians, I want to be aware of them so I can help my kids because I love my kids. That's right. I love them. I love them. And by the way, one of the problems or struggles that they have is that they heard everything before already. Nothing is new to them. They grew up in nursery. David and Goliath have heard about that backward. And as a result, they can get used to it. You know how it was new to us? The fire's like, wow. I love this family in the front. Thank you guys for serving the Lord and being faithful. Actually, we went out Christmas lights, right? That's why. You guys want the Christmas light in Brea. In Brea. But for new people, man, everything's new. Wow. Praise the Lord, man. Really? Jesus did that for me? But my kids and people in their scenario... Okay, I heard this already. Oh, yeah, I remember this in third grade again. 
for the fourth time. And that's why they have a tendency, if I'm not careful raising those kids right there, they have a tendency to just kind of be bored with Christianity and, and yawn occasionally. I hope you're not yawning while dad's preaching, right? The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear at the end of our race before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The Bible says in Romans 14.12, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. By the way, one day I'm not going to be able to stand in front of God for my kids. I'm not going to be able to do that. Or my wife. I'm going to have to stand before God for myself, and they're going to have to stand before God for themselves. How are they going to be ready? Yes, the question is how we're going to be ready, but, you know, we love our family so much, but how's CJ going to be? CJ, stand up real quick. How's he going to be? Come here, son. Come here quickly. How's he going to be? How's he going to be when he stands before God? By the way, I hope one day he becomes a preacher. And I'll say that unapologetically if God would choose him. But how is he going to be when he stands before God and he asks the answer to God? What he did with this time. What he did with the opportunities that he had. I hope, I hope, I hope, son, that you'll be able to say that you read your Bible. I hope, son, that you'll be able to say that you walk with God. I hope, son, that you'll be able to say that you try to live as best of a life that you could. Obeying God's, what's the Bible say? The whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. Amen. I hope that can be said of my son. Amen. But you know whose responsibility it is right here? Yeah. It's my responsibility to teach him, to yeah. guide him. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Right. So really, I'm supposed to be an example to him. Yeah. If I'm sitting there watching videos I shouldn't watch or doing things I shouldn't do, he's going to see all that. You may be seated. We got to be careful. Are we ready for the judgment? This is where we're going to receive our rewards for our service to God. What are we going to say to Him face to face? For some, it's a sobering thought. You know why? Because they have been spending life for selfish ambitions, selfish pursuits. This trial has made me realize that I have a lot yet to do for the Lord. Come on. Yep. I have a lot yet to do. And by the way, I've full-time ministry, tried to serve God with my life, and but still, nothing compared to what I could have done for God. Yeah. And it's none of your business, but there are some mistakes that I feel I've made along the way. I really feel that. I could have capitalized better. But with this new opportunity, I'm trying to. Amen. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for us. You know, it could have been all over already. I have been given another opportunity. I'm closing up here. Another opportunity by God for God. It was given by God for God. It could have been that today my wife was a widow sitting in that section right there. It could have been that my children would be fatherless today. It would be someone else preaching today. Well, you look over at the Chim kids, and they would be fatherless. They wouldn't have a dad. Thank you, Lord. It could have been a memorial service and a funeral that my wife would have been tasked with preparing for me. Oh, what song does he like and what verse and all that. It's a, it's a very tough time, but it could have been. 
But God saw it fit. And by the way, Amen. God has a reason for different things. Yep. But God saw it fit to wake me up from a hibernation. Yep. And it's been a little bit of a struggle, and I try to be honest with you. I try to pretend that everything's okay around you guys. But she sees my struggles at home. Yeah. She sees the weird bald spots I had when I got out of the hospital because I apparently had brain damage and so whatever. But those are, are okay now. I have bumps on the back of my head. I have this weird thing that's coming out of nowhere right now. It's like, ugh, really? Can I could just get muscle as a result of <laughs> the coma? Can I just get more handsome as a result? No. You can't. You can be prideful. My encouragement for our church family as I'm closing is, let's run for Jesus. Amen. Let's run correctly. Yeah, How about yes, it? Sir. How are we running for the master? Let's be reminded that the race can be difficult. The race is publicly displayed for others to see. They're watching. One of the reasons why I'm in church, one of the reasons why I went back to work right away, I wanted my staff members and I wanted the students to see, you could do it. When you go through a tough time in life, you can make it for the Lord. Yep. May it be said of us, unlike Demas, may it not be said of us, I'm sorry, like Demas. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Or you did run well, past tense. You did run well in the 90s. You did go soul winning. You did love God. You did read your Bible at least once a year. Who did hinder you? But may it instead be said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I really hope that our church family understands that we're going to inevitably see the Lord one day. Yeah. Every decision that we make, it doesn't matter what it is. All that matters is pleasing the master. Yep. That's it. That's it. Let's go ahead and pray this evening. Thank you for listening. Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. And God, the truth of the matter is we don't deserve to enjoy anything positive on this side. We don't. You've done enough for us. But Lord, to grant us opportunities after opportunities, and everyone's different, but all of us are the same in the sense you've given us opportunities to serve you. It doesn't matter if we live life with some kind of illness. If we can still serve God, praise the Lord for that. May we be found faithful. Let's all stand.